When I think of your grace, I think of your generosity. I think about how you gave of yourself and, and you gave everything. Um, you laid down your life for each and every one of us. Now, scripture teaches us, God, that, that you truly own everything. Um, that everything that we have around us, that the rightful owner of those things is, is you. And um, I'm reminded that you have given us so many things and, and you have just simply said, I, I want you to take care of that and to treat it with uh, respect and, and to use it uh, in order that, that you might be glorified. And we pray that God, as we share uh, an offering today, as we share from our, uh, myself or um, Dave's not here today, but, but uh, Joe is here. I'm sure that Roy would be happy to and I would be happy to as well. And, or maybe there's, a, there's one of the ladies, would you'd like to have them pray with you? That would certainly be appropriate. Um, but if there's some things that you want to have prayer for, just, just uh, come on up here or maybe a couple of us. Uh, um, just stick around a little bit after our service and you come right up and, and um, we would be uh, more than happy to sit down or if we forgot, just tap us on the shoulder and we'll find somebody, okay? Sometimes that we do that. We, we forget. Um, but we want, we, if, 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 if there's something that, that we have that, that needs addressing, I, I love to do that. And I know that most of you probably the same way. The, the opportunity to sit down with somebody and to pray with them uh, over something that's a burden on their hearts is, is we, want, we don't want uh, you to have to be able to, to, to leave this place without us addressing that before God. Um, couple. One thing I just wanted to mention too is just to kind of you, you saw this maybe on your on your prayer update. I, I, I did want to mention this in terms of a, an announcement that on the fourth uh, of August that Jeff Kuhn will be coming here and to share some of the things. Uh, as you know, we we uh, support fame um, uh, significantly. I think that is a significant mission of ours, and uh, he's going to come and. Uh, I talked with him this week, this week and, and last week, and this week we were talking about you know, what, what he'd like to do and some of the things that he'd really like to do and some of the stories he'd like to share with you. He needs his, kind of the maximum amount of time, and so uh, hesitantly I, I have decided that, that I would let him preach that morning. I hate doing that. Um, but I, I, I think the world of Jeff, and I think that he'll do an amazing job and. And, and also be able to share with you some updates on fame during that time. He's also going to be sharing some things during Sunday school on the 4th as well. But as you know, we have our subs and sandwiches uh, that day. Um, Jeff, uh, he and his wife and two of their girls are going to be, or their two girls are going to be coming. And uh, one of the things that he said is, I'm going to bring some kind of a, he's going to bring some kind of a veggie tray or something. I don't remember what he said, but so... Um, Anyway, so that's exciting, and he's excited to come, and, and uh, so I, I, I'm looking forward to that. So be that as it may, uh, I've been thinking about this idea of grace, and um, we, you know, every one of us, we long to belong. Isn't that true of our world? Isn't that true of, of everyone around that you, that you, you come to? And uh, we just want to feel a part. I think it's just a absolutely amazing what people will do in order to feel like they're a part of something. And uh, you, you know, they, that they have that connection, I guess, to somebody else. And in the grand scheme of things, when, when we think about human need, uh, I think it's, it's sandwiched right between our desire for safety and our need for self-esteem. 
And um, it's, it's really interesting to me that that sense of belonging and that sense of, of being a part of something will oftentimes cause us to sacrifice either self-esteem or safety. We will do things that we would never do other, under any other circumstances just for the chance to feel like we belong and uh, th you know, that we're a part of something or someone, that there's that connection that we, that we feel good about and we feel like we're a part of. Uh, this is really, this is well documented. Uh, some of you, it's, I haven't looked at it in de as much detail as I'd like to, but, uh, but for hundreds of years, uh, we know that experts, well, one of the things that they believed that, that, that was the most important in terms of the development of, our, of children, they believed that it was the most important thing was meeting the physical needs of our children. You know, things like, like food and water and shelter. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Certainly, that's good. We, our kids need that to, to, to be able to grow. We understand that. But, but the fact of the matter is, is that the belief was really that, that things like affection, things like attaching, a, attachment, things like human touch, that those things were actually somewhat detrimental to a child's development. And so experts, leading pediatricians, began writing about the dangers of getting too close to your child. Uh, you know, here back uh, um, uh, 100 and, you know, a couple hundred years ago. So they had this advice. They would say, you know, don't rock them in their cradles. Don't pick them up when they cry. Don't handle them too often because the, the effects of that are that, that, that they're going to be, um, it's going to be a detriment to their health. Well, actually, with the, with the development of orphanages and prior to the Civil War, that really became the fo focus. And, and these orphanages, they, they, they spon these were sponsored by government agencies as well as sponsored by charitable groups. And they provided, actually, for the physical needs of, of children without meeting the basic needs of children. And, and what's interesting is that if you look at the history of or orphanages, many of the, the children in those orphanages orphanages actually died in early death. Uh, this is not just in America. This is in the, in, in, in the uh, UK as well. But they died, these kids uh, died in early death, and, and, and this is documented. Uh, they died not necessarily because they didn't get enough affection. They died because of the many diseases in the world at that time, and they were trying to figure out what to do about all that. In fact, what the solution was in order to, to keep any of our kids from somehow getting exposed to um, any of these diseases, the solution was to isolate those kids, which in actuality actually did more harm than good. In fact, to make a long story short, what was eventually discovered somewhere in the 1940s was that when children experience nurture, when children experience, you know that as a nurse, when they experience human touch, when they experience those things, that was when these children got, began to get well in these orphanages and began to live. But it's the power, it's the, the focus is it's the power of human touch and it's that need to belong, it's to, to feel as if, you, as if you fit somewhere into someone's life and that, that there's that, this deep need to think that I belong to somebody. Well, really, that's the point of today. I mean, summarize it in two words for you. We belong. 
It's, it's just that simple. We belong. That's really the message, I believe, of the text of Scripture. Well, this, the Scripture we want to look at, that's the message of God in Christ, and certainly that's the message of the day. I want us all to go home feeling, understanding, knowing one thing, that you belong. We belong. And that's really what the text says. If you look at Ephesians chapter 1, it's a really a magnificent passage. It lists a bunch of spiritual blessings. Uh, the, the, the text starts in this way, in, in, this way in, in Ephesians chapter 1, and starting with verse number 3. Paul starts out this way. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. How many of you feel blessed? who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And then the very, the very first blessing that he talks about, the blessing of belonging, look at it. Verse number four, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and with his will. Now if I were you, and I'm not, but if I were you, I would write in my Bible, I'd, I'd circle some key words in that particular text. I'd make a big mark right around the word chosen. I would, I would underline or highlight or, or write a little mark around adopted. I think I'd make a note over there that we are sons or for our ladies, that we are daughters. I, I'd make sure that I mark, mark that word in this text that, sa text that says his pleasure. I mean, you hear it there, right? Nobody said, you've got to take them, right? It's, it's not like you went to the hospital and the nurse came in and said, well, here he is, that, that's, this is what you got. And you're like, oh, I, well, I guess I'll take them home. Did you do that? Any of you do that with your kids? Most of you know this. Uh, no doubt I've shared this with you before. But before we adopted our boys, Mike and Nate, before we did that, we didn't just go through a list and, you know, they get you an album and you're kind of going over and looking for kids that are cute and kids that are, you know, and, and, and just going through all the pictures. And, and we didn't go through and say, oh, I want those kids. You know, oh, those are cute. You know, kind of picking them out like that. Because, see, we chose our kids. We literally did. We chose them before we knew what Mike and Nate looked like. We before we even met them, we chose them. And so the caseworker called and said that they had two boys, ages three and five, who needed a home. We spent three days in prayer. And then we decided that God wanted these children into our home. And, and we made up our mind. Before, before we even met them or saw them, we made up our mind that we wanted that, that we wanted them as our own, and, and, and that we would love them no matter what. And for the long haul. Now, from the beginning, we've told both Mike and Nate that, that they've been adopted and that they were chosen on purpose. And, and one of our biggest prayers is that for, for them is to know that and to know that, in fact, they belong. We want them to know that. Back up in your Bible to this magnificent eighth chapter of, of the book of Romans, because Paul is, is going to, to, to say, essentially, he's the same thing in this, in this chapter here. Uh, Romans chapter 8, he, he spends the entire, entire book of Romans talking about our relationship with God, and, and he wants to make sure that we have absolutely no misunderstanding of how 
we relate to God. And he says in chapter 8 in the book of Romans, down in verse number 15, look, listen to what he says. For you did not receive a spirit, of, a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Do you know that that word Abba um, is never spoken on the lips of a human in Scripture other than, than uh, by one person? Do you know who that is? It, it fits, doesn't it? It's the, it's the Sunday school answer. It is. It's Jesus. That's who. And here in Romans chapter 8, he invites us to use the very same term for his father that he uses, Abba, Daddy. Verse number 16. The Spirit Himself teaches or testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. And so I would go back to this Bible and I'd start marking. I'd, start, I, I'd, I'd put a circle around spirit of sonship. And I'd put a big box right around the words, Abba, Father. And I'd, I'd make sure I noted God's children. And I'd, I'd mark it. I'm, I'd mark that I am an heir of God. Say that once. Doesn't that sound good? An heir of God. I belong. Uh, you, you can do the same thing in Galatians chapter 4, where Paul basically sa essentially says the same thing. We are children of God. We are heirs. We belong. It's interesting, this next school year I'm going to be teaching uh, a Bible class uh, over at Cornerstone Christian Academy, and the topic that I've been given, um, uh, Mr. Levy, the principal over there, has, has, has we, we, we've been talking, and he says, I really, really want to teach an apologetics class. Now, some of you might, well, that's the big word for it, some of you might recognize that word. Uh, there's the uh, we, we understand the word apology, don't we? It comes from that word, apologia. It comes, uh, it's, it's giving an apology or an answer to our faith. It's a defense for our faith. That's really what it's about. So that's the, the small word or, small, or the easier definition of what that is. But defending our faith, that's really what the class is about. So that our kids, so that as we approach the world and all the problems that we have in the world, that, that somehow through our, the way that, well, our belief system um, that we can, we can defend what we know to be true. And so I've been looking in the curriculum, I've been looking at it in a number of different things. Incidentally, I want to be able to take and, and use that. I'm not only going to teach it over there, but I want to teach it here so that we can have, we can benefit from all of that. Um, so um, I think that you're, it's going to be really exciting. I think you're going to find it great. Uh, when we talk about that. But one of the curriculums that I was looking at focuses on different worldviews in, in our culture. And a worldview is, is, is simply the, the, the way that we be, uh, approach our world and its problems through the belief systems that we've developed. And so, simply put, you, you know, I can put it this way, is if you grew up in, 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 in Islam, you would have a different perspective or different worldview on things. If you grew up with a with the, in a home that said there's no such thing as truth, then you would have a different focus on things. Then that truth is relative; it's only what you believe, or, or only it's only it's up to each individual. You would have a different perspective in which you would approach 
things in this world because it would only mean what, what comes up to you. If you grew up with a, uh, a belief system that, um, um, that is based upon Darwin's theory of revolution or what we would call a secularist worldview, your understanding, the, the, the key thing that, it, that this whole um, curriculum is, well, one of the first questions it asks right away is, am I loved? Am I loved? Which is a key thing that our generation, not just our younger generation, but people in all levels of society are trying to understand. Is it, am I a person that is loved? And so if you grew up with that secularist worldview, what you understand as being loved is quite different than what the Bible defines as being loved. And, and, and the reason why that's so important is because we live in this culture that is searching for love every single day. And, and the Christian worldview emphatically states that you and I are loved by the creator of the universe. I don't have to search for his love. I am a child of God. That's who we are. In Christ, we belong to God. We are His. We belong. Now, unfortunately, some of us don't want that. I mean, I mean you know, I mean, I, 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 it, it's sort of like how children sometimes act. Uh, I don't know if this happens to you. Happened to you? I, I maybe can vaguely remember a couple of different things. But anyway, you see this kind of stuff in the movies where you know it's the parent who drops his kid off at school, and the kid just sort of you know slides down in the seat because it doesn't want anybody of his friends to see, you know, mom, that, that I'm with, that's my mom and dad. Um, and uh, he's embarrassed. He, he doesn't want his friends to see what his parents look like or to see. And, and, and yet when dad's ready to hand out the money, you know, for him to go to the movies or for him to go to someplace else, hey, it's all cool if dad wants to be my dad then, right? Just Just don't act like you know, just don't act like it when my peers, my friends are around, right? Unfortunately, that's how I think that we oftentimes respond to God as one of his children. I'm okay, God, being your child. Just don't get too close. Or when I'm with certain people, don't act like my parents. And I think that what we need to hear today is, is, is simply this. You are his child. I am his child. You are his son. You are his daughter. He wants you. He wants you. But it's not that just that we belong to God, right? It's that we belong to each other because we belong to God. If you go a little bit further, another two, two or three chapters in the book of Romans, you, you get to chapter 12 where Paul starts talking about how the body functions. But listen, listen to what he says in, in verse number 5 of, of Romans chapter 12. He says, So in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. You hear what he's saying? Because, he's saying, because we are in Christ, we belong to each other. There ought to, be, there ought to always be a sense of belonging in, in, in here and, and, and in our homes. And when, when, when we run into each other, we ought to sense that you know, we belong. When you're out on the street or something, uh, when, you, when you're in, in Walmart, I've had that happen before. Have you ever, ever been, 
You ever been in Walmart and all of a sudden uh, there's Pat running around in the aisles and trying to get something, and what does she do? I, 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 I'm blown away by this. I, I just think the world of you, Pat. But she just stops right where she's at. I know she's in a hurry. She stops to say hi. She did that. This was a couple months. It must have been a month ago. Maybe it's been longer than that. But I was just, and I know she's in a hurry, and I want her to be able to get what she, so I don't want to keep her too long, but it's awesome. I know her. She was in the, she was in Walmart, running around the aisles. And I come up behind her, even though she was going about 60 miles per hour. Um, but that's how I feel too, Pat, when I get into Walmart. That's exactly how I feel. It's like, get in, get out. Ah, it just suffocates you. Maybe that's what you were thinking. But when I see somebody in the community and when I see, when I see one of you, it's just awesome to me. I belong. We belong together. We're, 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 we're family. Um, you should never be able to come into this building and not feel as if you're welcome. It ought to be just automatic. This feels like home where, where you walk in and you're welcome that you belong here. Have you ever visited a church where when you walk in, you begin to think to yourself, you know, I wonder how long it's going to be before somebody talks to me? Have you ever done that? And you feel like you're the only person in the room, you know, you, you get that look, you know, the look, you know, that, that the look that says, you know, why are you interrupting us and you're invading our space? And I'm so thankful that you can't walk into this building and feel that way. I, I, I mean, we want everyone to have that sense of belonging, that they're welcome here, because, see, we belong. We belong to each other. And it's possible that some may not want that. It, it, it may be that some just want to come and sit in a pew and, and, and be left alone. And I guess that we could try to honor that, but I would encourage you to never be satisfied with that. To do everything in your power, everything, to engage people, to build friendships. Why? Because I believe that it is only possible to grow spiritually through relationships. That's God's model. Community, relationships with each other as a body of Christ. See, that's why God instituted the church. That, because the only way to really be a part of, the, of, of a church and to really belong is to belong. And it's our responsibility, yours and mine, to make everyone feel welcome. And, and so if you walk in the door and nobody's passing out some bulletins um, or greeting people at the door, you know, grab some bulletins. Start passing them out. Start, you know, people need to be greeted and they need to be welcomed and because that's the responsibility to help people belong. And, and, and we're, we're kind of friendly with each other. And, and you see somebody you don't know, you know, how about that? If you, if you do, introduce yourself. Get to know them. Or how about this? I, I want to actually do something here. I want to just take a moment, maybe two minutes, maybe not, but think of a person, not from your family, and just write down their names. Grab your bulletins, maybe write in the sermon section right there, just write down a name of somebody, not from your family, but someone that you, just a name, and that you would be willing to commit to praying for them this week. And then call that person. I wonder if we could do that. 
How many of you would commit to doing that this week? Writing down a name, calling that person this week. See, my point is this. We want, to go, we want this to go beyond this building. I mean, we would never want anyone to feel as if they were not welcome here and before God. And so I'm just encouraging us to, to not only pray for someone this week, write that name on a card and stick it on your refrigerator. You know, we all go to the refrigerator. Look at it and pray. But let this be a catalyst to remind us that, that there's a lot of ways that you can belong to each other. It doesn't have to happen in here. It needs to happen everywhere that you and I are. So we belong to each other. But... But there's still a question. There's still a question. The question is, at what price? At what price do you and I belong? Uh, I think that 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I'll give you a little moment just to maybe look on that, look that up if you want to look at that. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and starting with verse number 19, certainly addresses that. He says, this, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, he says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. The, 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 the book of 1 Peter says it this way. I love this verse. He says, You were not redeemed by perishable things such as silver or gold, but but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's one of my favorite books, one of my favorite, one of my favorite passages. But the question is, what did it cost for you to belong? Well, we know this. It cost the life of God's Son. And so He, he so longed for you, He so longed for me to be His. He longed for us to be in that relationship with Him. He, he, he so longed for you and I to belong that he was willing to give up his son so that you and I could lay claim to a relationship with God and sense that we belong. But it doesn't come without consequence. It doesn't come without implication because right after, you'll see this in your text, I don't remember if I put it on here. Yes, I did. Therefore, he, it, it, you know, right after Paul says, you're bought with a price, then he says, therefore... And we know what that therefore is there for. Because there's something right that follows right after it, right? It's an implication of what there is. Uh, you know, at, let me put it this way. As about um, three weeks ago, Susan and I um, have been married for 28 years. And uh, we, we look up to several of you who have been married longer. And, but, but I just want you to know that 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 didn't come without a cost, those 28 years. Mostly to her, right? 28 years ago, June 29th, we stood up and we said to each other, until death do us part. And we meant it. But I would turn that around and I would say to all of us here that when you became a Christian, when you gave your life to Christ, and when you stood up and you said to God, uh, when you stood up before God, this is what you said, until death parts us. And faithfulness and obedience are consequences of that choice. Choosing every day to be faithful to God forever. 
There is a price to be paid to belong. The death of his son is what he paid. Faithfulness is the part that you and I pay. But there's also a price to be paid for belonging to a body of believers like ours. It's called investment. It's called involvement. It's called being a part of who we are. The way to invest in new life is to say, I believe what you believe. And what we believe is that we believe that we're not the most important in the world. And as much as we, as, as we want to belong to one another, we also recognize that out there in this community of ours, there are hundreds of people who have no place where they belong. And we want to change that. We want to, we want to address that. See, our people, um, all around us, our, our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers, some of them are even our own family members, have so busied their life. Anybody notice how busy things get? Do you know why they did that? It's because they don't want to be able to sit down for a moment. If they sit down for a moment, do you know what happens? They realize that they have no place that they belong. And so they join a team, or they join a, a club, or they get busy at work, and they do everything that they can do to fill that void that you and I both know can only be filled in two ways. Secondarily, the, 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 the secondary way that, that that can be filled is you and me. You and I have to fill their lives. But the primary way is Jesus Christ who fills their lives. And so there's a cost to, to belonging to a body. It means investing. It means being involved. It means, it means buying in. It means... It means doing and loving and, and holding one another accountable, and, but it means being a part of who we are. See, if, if you take anything home today, don't miss this one thing. This is really simple. This is really simple. We want everyone to know that they belong. We want you to know that you belong. That whatever anybody else tells you out there in this world, you belong. You belong here. And we welcome you unconditionally. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what, where you came from. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You are welcome here. That's, that's the message that we need our world. We need our community. That's the message that we need to communicate every single week. Why? Because we feel welcomed by God himself because we are loved people. God has welcomed us into his family. And because of that, we want others to know Jesus Christ. That's our heart cry. We want you to belong to Christ. And that's really the invitation. It's really simple. It's, it's to come to the place where you can say, you know what, I want to belong. I want, I want to, to Jesus to be a part of my life. I want to know the one who loved me enough that he would die for me. Well, some of you already know this, but... My boys got a chance to go to camp this week, and both make Nate and Mike. And um, the week before that, we were at Life Fest, and um, the result of all of that is, is that there's some things that's been stirring on Mike's heart, and he wants to he wants to answer that invitation. So Thursday at camp, he called me up on the phone, and he says, "Dad." I want to give my life to Jesus. 
And so we discussed it a little bit, and uh, mom and dad, and you know, at home were just rejoicing and crying at all at the same time. Um, but we're thinking about that, and so one of the things that I told him is, is that it was important for him to share in front of his peers his decision to follow Jesus. But being the selfish guy that I am, I wanted to be a part of seeing that happen too. And I wanted you guys to be a part of that too. And so we wanted to have him come up and share his testimony. And at one o'clock today, we're going to go, we're probably gonna try to get over there a little bit because we've got kids going to camp a little bit earlier but we're going to go over to the Church of Christ and baptize him today, and we want to invite all of you, if you're able, uh, to, to be a part of that. So I want to ask Mike to come up here. And uh, I think that this is working here. Why don't you share a little bit about what, what's going on in your heart? Um, um. Matthew West uh, played on Wednesday night, honey? Um, Friday. Um, okay. Uh, on Friday night. Um, or, yeah, Friday. Friday night um, when Matthew West was singing and preaching, um, it kind of inspired me. So I, I decided that, that somehow I want to make my life to Christ. I was doubting he was alive even. And that got me not over to make make sure he's mastered my life from now on. That's cool. And so Mike is is wanting to uh, to follow that commitment through and to be obedient in Christian baptism. And um, so one of the things I want to ask you um, this this comes straight from the Gospels. Uh, Jesus one time he said. Um, when he was with his disciples, he said, who do people say that I am? And his disciples said things like, well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say a, a great prophet and all that. And he said to his disciples, he said, but who do you say that I am? And that's where we get this passage of scripture where, G where one of his disciples, Simon Peter, said to him, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And is that something that you believe? Yes. Okay. And so you're wanting to make this commitment to him uh, for the rest of your life and to make him master? Yes. That's awesome. So we'll get a chance to talk a little bit more and read some scripture in, in a little bit. Um, but I want to just uh, wanted you to be a part of that and hearing that. And, and so um, we're excited for Mike today. Um, so let's, uh, let's have a word of prayer and, and we will... Um, close our time here today. Father, we love you and we thank you for, for this uh, decision. It's a decision that each of us need to make, and not just that initial decision, but every day we need to confirm the fact that, yes, you are in fact the Christ, the Son of the living God, that, yes, in fact, God, you are the one who is master, sole master of our lives. And I pray that for each of us, that, that we would be constantly um, just sharing that uh, in, in, in in our, in our own lives, that that would be something that would be right out front. And I thank you for Mike and for his, his decision to do that. And what we hear is just, I, I know that the angels are rejoicing in heaven as they hear that, that pleasing, those pleasing words. And um, God, we know that you are in fact the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
And uh, so today uh, we rejoice with Mar Mike and we rejoice with others who are thinking the same thing. And um, we just uh, put his life into your hands. And we, uh, we thank you for just making us a part of your family. God, may we leave this place today confidently knowing, confidently understanding, and ready to shout from the mountaintops that I am a child of God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One thing I would like to do is to have you repeat that back, um, just to say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Christ. and the Son of the living God. He is Savior and Lord. Amen. 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 All right.